Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are going through the New Testament in a year. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul kind of explaining his ministry and defending it to people he shouldn't have to defend it to. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we don't lose heart. What's the ministry? The ministry was of him going places where nobody had ever gone before and bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wonderful. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We don't use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So, a lot of the stuff that people criticize the church about today, they're like, oh, they just want your money, oh, they're deceptive, oh, they're lying, they're doing this or doing that. It's not new. Uh, Paul said, well, you don't, you know, we've renounced secret and shameful ways. Uh, you know, the church has done a lot of shameful things. And uh, we're sort of in an, in an unfortunate space in that this stuff is able to get out with social media and, you know, mainstream media, you know, television, print, uh, internet, Twitter, uh, Facebook, <clears throat> Instagram. But it's not new. And... And the church grew in the first century under persecution. The church grew, even though all of these things were happening. Uh, Keith Green used to say, I'm embarrassed by an awful lot of things that Christians have done, but I'm not embarrassed by anything that Jesus has done. And I've always loved that and always try to live by that. Like, it is true. And I think it's getting worse and worse. Uh, somebody the other day asked me, you know, are you an evangelical? And I was like, well, um, an, an evangelical means somebody that believes the Bible that has had a life-changing experience with Jesus, and then they think they should tell other people about it. That's what it means. But what they mean when they're asking me, am I an evangelical? I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not sure what you mean by that, but I, I think maybe I don't want to be identified by that. So I definitely, you know, want to be identified by Jesus, but not by, not by these definitions that people are putting on us. And the Apostle Paul was no different in his day. You know, he said, you know, we've you know, we've turned away from shameful things and secret things and twisting the gospel and doing things for gain. And you know, that's not who we are at all. In fact, we commend our conscience before God and before people. I want to be able to do that. I want us to be able to do that. I want to be part of a church where, you know, our conscience is clean. Like we haven't done anything that, you know, anybody can bring any charge against us. You know, we just love one another. And that means that we really need to be a church of grace, um, that we know who we are and we know who God is and we know we're not God and we're just the recipients of his grace. We're just the recipients of what Jesus did for us. And all of those people who are criticizing us, you know, they can receive that grace as well. Um, I have a friend who wrote a song some years back, you know, where it talked about, he said, you know, say you don't go to church because there's hypocrites. He said, but there's hypocrites in every bar and every grocery store, but it doesn't keep you away from that. So, um, you know, we can go there too but we should just go with like living in front of people the right way. Let's just love God and love people and, and love life and try to steer clear of all these controversies that are coming down and, you know, just say, you know, I'm, I am embarrassed by stuff that the church with a big C does. Or, but I'm not embarrassed by Jesus. Even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. If people don't get it, then, you know, they don't get it. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they can't see the light of the gospel.
that displays the glory of Christ who's the image of God. People are still blind. So, you know, we want to pray that they won't be blind and we want to give them, you know, reasons to believe. We want to explain it simply and plainly and let them see Jesus. For what we preach is not ourselves. Well, uh, is that true for us? Um, so much of even when the church I'm part of, um, when we promote things, you know, we sort of promote our church. Um, it's kind of like, you know, promote yourself, you know, like, and I understand we're promoting a church so people come and when they come, you know, they can hear about Jesus. But we need to be really careful to just, you know, just be pointing to Jesus. I've often thought, uh, you know, maybe the church that I'm part of, we, we named it wrong. Uh, I, I've thought on many occasions that we probably should have named the church at the foot of the cross. And then when people say, well, where do you go to church? He says, I go to the foot of the cross. <laughs> you know, I go to Jesus. Uh, the God of this age has blinded their minds. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, and ourselves as servants of Jesus. We're Jesus' servants. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us this light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. About Jesus. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. What are the jars of clay? This is the jar of clay. This is just, you know, this is just mud. This is just dirt, you know, this body. Same, same minerals as the earth, same minerals as the dirt, jars of clay. But he's put his glory into us. He's put his glory into us. We're God's messengers. Watch this. We're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. I'm perplexed. What's going on out there? But we're not in despair. I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to freak out about it. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. Jesus never leaves us. We're struck down. We're not destroyed. We carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in this body. For we who are alive are always given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work with us, but life in you. You know, again, he's going back to the Corinthians who were saying, you know, Paul and his companions, they're all messed up, but, you know, they, they've got it together. It's a little sarcasm there. He said, it's written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. And since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. Because we know the one who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Now, here's the thing. You see, they're turning against him. They're divided. Um, and Paul said, you know what? At the resurrection, I'm going up. And at the resurrection, you're going up. So let's just get along. Let's not uh, paint a terrible picture to the watching world of how divided we are, of how against each other we are, of how, how much like the world we are. Let's just love one another and realize that there might be differences. There might be differences of opinions, differences of the way that we do things. But I'm going to heaven and you're going to heaven. So let's keep it at that. All of this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And so while, while they're all hung up on fighting among themselves, while they're all hung up on, you know, trying to, you know, put Paul down, 
The gospel is spreading to other people. So why don't we be the ones that are spreading the gospel to other people? Why do we let it happen with other people when it's not happening to ourselves? This is a big deception of the devil, is to get everybody all so freaked out about what's going on among the brothers and the sisters that we're not out spreading the gospel far and wide. Let's spread the gospel far and wide. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Well, Paul probably was thinking about losing heart. That's why he says it. But he says, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Outwardly, this body's falling apart. You know, I'm 67 years old. Um, up to the time I was 67, I never spent a night in a hospital. You know, since I've been 67, I've been in a hospital a couple of times. I don't know, two, three times. Uh, this body's falling apart. But I'm being renewed day by day. I, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, with this body falling apart, I'm feeling like closer to God than I've felt in a long time. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. These are light and momentary troubles. It's not, it's just trouble. So we fix our eyes, not on what's seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Fixing our eyes on Jesus and on eternal life that he has for us. So, um, Man, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that, you know, we get at odds with people. But we just want to put all of that aside and understand that you will take us all to heaven and you will bring us all together. And so, Lord, thank you so much for the life that you have for us. And these bodies that are decaying, these bodies that are falling apart, Lord, the day is coming and the time is coming, isn't it, where um, these will fall off and we'll be with you forever and ever and ever. So, hey, bless you. The Lord loves you. Um, we love you. Um, let's get through this thing together. Let's tell some people about Jesus so that more and more people come to Jesus. Hey, love you guys.